Well, aren't we starting to rack up some episodes here? Episode four, Spark in the Dark, coming your way. I'm your host, Dan Matha, bringing to you a very, very lovely conversation. I had so much fun, probably the most fun that I've had on the podcast yet today. Danielle Glanville, musician, entertainer, certified trainer, nutritionist. There's not much this woman can't do. And there's just something about her, you know. Have you ever had a friend that whenever they're around, no matter what the circumstances are, whether you're in a bad mood or there's like some weird funk with the group and maybe not everyone's communicating or having a good time, but you have that one friend that just comes in and just lights up the whole room and and kind of whatever was going on before no longer is happening. Everybody's having fun. Everyone's communicating. That's Danielle. That's one of the best one of the best ways to really describe this girl. She uh, blesses us by opening up this episode with a live performance with her yet-to-be-released album. We talk about her music. We talk about her album and, and it being released very shortly. We dive into the power of following your dreams, the power of the creative mind, and not selling out in that process. We talk about nutrition, uh, working out, training, obviously, you know, it's hard not to talk about that, uh, at least for me. And then especially when I have another person in the studio that likes working out, like, come on, let's talk about pumping some iron, running, jumping, eating some food. Then we dive into the state in which comedy is, how we believe everything is okay or nothing's okay, celebrating death and much more in this episode of Spark in the Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, Danielle Glanville.
September, cold hearts and rain and night. Addicted to the Russian last night. <laughs> Holy shit, you're good. You like it? I love it. I love it. Come here, pull this microphone up here. You can put you can put that one. Right. You can hold. It's like a it's like a Okay, spot. whatever makes you feel comfortable, you can do here. Remember, there's no rules. There's no rules here except, no, for, except for except for what? Except for you can't pull it out. Can't pull it out. Keep it zipped up. Maybe keep the six inches. Okay, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna shove this on my face now. Yeah, those will help you. All right. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Sorry. You're the first person I've... I haven't released anything on media before. I've got... I've had my songs for years, but... You're the first person I've let put this on media, so... Well, I feel extremely honored. And honestly, I was just cheesing the whole time you were playing. You were awesome. Not my first time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Danielle Glanville in the house. Hello. Um, I've so this is not my first time seeing you perform. I've seen you. I've been privileged enough to Aww. see you perform before, um, but I am more than thrilled that I'm the first like place for you to kind of show off your skills. And I'm happy to be able to kind of 
I don't know, whatever little yeah, following right. I have, Review. be able to help out. Yeah. Hey, what's up? I just think you're dope as hell. And I was just like, the kind of the thi- the only real rule about the drop is dope people only. Well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm like, it's yeah. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being here. So where are you from? That accent. I am from Australia. Australia. All what the way par- down under. What part of Australia? So I'm from a place called the Gold Coast, which not many people know, but it's like a, like surface paradise to be precise. It's like an hour south of Brisbane. But I mean, I'm originally from this tiny little country town like called Austinville. I think it's like literally got like a few hundred people in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I'm so country. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, did you always want to be a singer growing up or a musician? Did you know this? It was, it's funny. Like I always did, but when I was like little, I, I knew in my heart that I was a singer, but like, I wouldn't sing in front of everyone and anyone at all. And my parents would be like, I'd be like, I want to be a singer. And my mom would be like, Oh, that's nice. But like, you need to get a real job. And like, you know, that's just a dream. And I remember like watching Australian Idol and I'd go into my bedroom and like when the contestants would sing something, I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, I can sing that. <laughs> I walk into my room and sing it. Like, oh, I'm actually not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you've always kind of had like a just a natural singing voice. Yeah, I don't know where it came from because like like actually, I've got a I've got one sis. I've got a massive family. I've got one sister that can sing really well. My I've got another sister that's like pretty decent, and then my other sister. Ooh. <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Lara. Hi, Lara. For the people, <laughs> for the people that are just listening to yeah. this on audio, she made a face. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's funny because I wouldn't sing in front of anyone for so long. So like, I was that person that was like, I want to be a singer, but I was so shy. And because I, I was like, I was really uh, self conscious most of my life as a kid. I was you sh- shy, right? Okay, people that know me now uh, are like, "What?" Yeah, you've really blossomed out of that show yeah, quite a yeah. bit. You, because you like to me, you are uh, you're like the life <laughs> of the party, <laughs> and I don't mean that in the sense of like a crazy wild party woman, but I mean that in any time that we've ever gone out in a group, like you are the person that is like chatting with everybody being you're like your personality so bubbly like you are able to talk to everyone at a party and keep everybody engaged and like you like you do such a great job at like making sure that everybody is having a good time and oh, I always have you. a blast when I'm with you oh thank you likewise thank you likewise. and I which is probably why we hang out right right, right? so we get along uh and I just so I'm very shocked at hearing that you were you oh, were yeah. shy when you were a little one I was so shy, but I mean, I was also like a pretty hideous child. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh yeah. So you were a little ugly duckling. Yeah, man. I got, to, yeah. I mean, someone said to me once, they're like, you're ugly duckling syndrome. Like, because I seriously, I was like, I mean, I mean, I hope <laughs> it's, it's hard to admit, but like, I was like ugly kid. <laughs> I was so ugly. Fuck. I like, I was the ugliest kid and I was just weird. And I was, I came from this really like messed up, like my my family environment was really bad when I was really young and it was just awkward. I was just awkward. Yeah. And I was like super chubby and just like, I was just so odd. And it didn't until I actually, it's music that literally took me out of that shell. It was like maybe like year nine in high school where my music teacher like heard me sing and he was like, you can sing like you're amazing. And he like encouraged me. And then I came out and then all of a sudden people were like nicer to me and I got more friends and it's kind of fucked up in a way, but it's like literally like, I think the reason I'm so like, that's part of my like positivity is because I just like was, I never got to express myself for most of my life because I was so 
bullied and just had like such a hard time making friends in those early years. And then music became something that allowed me to like be myself. And then all of a sudden people like me and it's like, it's like what we said, it's fucked up, but it's so sad, but I'm like so blessed that it has given me confidence and, you know, brought me out of my shell. Cause yeah, like I was like this, like, (laughs) <laughs> like, man i need to show you i'll find a photo and show you you'll be like ew okay. is that your brother <laughs> is, that, is that your long head is that your brother daniel yeah. <laughs> for real though yeah um so it was music that helped kind of get you out of that shell yeah for sure literally literally like i had this like music teacher named mr tims i still remember he was like you know how they make those old school movies and there's that like one influential teacher that like saves the day and changes kids' lives. Yeah. It's so corny, but it literally happened to me. Like not in an athletic sense, but in the regard that I was like literally just this introverted, awkward person. And then I just got bored out of my shell by this one teacher that believed in me. And then I remember him making me sing a song at the school music concert and my family came and everything. And like my family was like dead silent in the car on the way home and they were like, holy shit, like we didn't like we didn't know. Like we had no idea you could sing like that. And I was just kind of like, yeah, well, you do now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he my music teacher, like I like literally to this day thank him for my for everything. Like he taught me so much. I like if you hear if you're there, Mr. Tim's thank you. <laughs> Mr. Tim's, thanks a lot. Thanks, thank you a lot for yeah. helping Daniel get out of her shell. Right? Um, that's super cool, man. I've, so, I mean, I can relate to that. I've had teachers kind of come into my life that have been very influential, um, that have kind of helped me whether maybe see a different perspective of life or give me encouragement or like, or just kind of just be there to like almost give support Mm. and like love, you know, when you, you don't get it other places and you come, I think it's very, uh, it's very important kids I think we I think the role of a teacher in our society has been so downplayed and so diminished and I think that teachers are so important in a young man and a young woman's life I can oh, yeah. I can think of I can think of teachers that you know that I didn't like right whatever but yeah. like I I can distinctly remember a handful of teachers throughout whether it was elementary school middle school or high school yeah. or even college I had you know I've had good professors that have made like a major impact on my life 100% and I think that it can't go unstated the importance of a teacher's job because I mean look at you you had it was just one person yeah it took one person to come in and see mm. you for who you were and like see that you know i don't I don't know you when you were little, but I imagine being young and and maybe shy and you kind of hid that talent and for whatever reason that teacher decided to pay a little bit of attention to you right. and see what your gift was exactly and it's like crazy like to think about like imagine if I didn't have that imagine if I didn't go to that school or have that teacher like who would I be today and it's like crazy when you actually like think about like the smallest details and mm-hmm. how like influential someone can be in your life everybody I say this people come in and out of your lives and everybody you ever meet makes oh, an impact exactly 100% even negative experiences like dude like like that song, like as you probably heard the lyrics, it's like yeah. pretty like dark, deep song. And it came from a horrible, like that came from this horrible experience I had in life. 
But I'm like, fuck, I'm glad it happened because I got a bomb song at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, so it's like you got to like, I. that's where I like, you always see the positive in things. Even if you learn, even if something's difficult, you always learn a lesson from it. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's always, there's always a positive in every situation, no matter. Yeah. It's like yin and yang, right? Mm-hmm. The symbol, the Chinese, yes. you know, the, the Eastern symbol. Yes. There's the, you know, the good in the bad, mm. and then there's the bad in the good. Yeah, it's like and the balance to, of the universe. And then together it makes the whole the yin and the yang. Exactly. It's like no matter what, there's always, nothing's 100% good and nothing's 100% bad. There's exactly. just like shades of gray, and it's on you to kind of find those. Exactly, and it's all perspective too, I think. Like like you can't control like what happens to you, but you control what you do with it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Definitely. That's the cool thing about art is just you can kind of take, you know, there's so many artists that have kind of had either traumatic upbringings or had some sort of trauma happen to them at mm. some point in their life that has kind of uh, inspired some sort of creation of theirs, whether it's oh, yeah. whether it's painting, music, yeah. performance art, whatever it is, you know, like there's always something in there that an artist is able to kind of, you know, they're sensitive enough and have a skill set where they're able to kind of tap into that. Exactly. It's so true. Like so much of my music, it's funny. Cause like I've like dealt with like a lot of labels and like studios and stuff. And sometimes when I show people my music, they're like, fuck, like it's pretty depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, I think like the, like the biggest thing with my music is I am, I'm, I'm not like I'm not writing a song I don't I don't pick a topic and go okay I'm gonna sing about popcorn and I'm gonna make a song about popcorn I'm sure I could do that but like I feel like my personal expression with music is from personal experience yeah you know what I mean because there's a lot of sh- there's a lot of people singing about all kinds of stupid shit in my opinion but I feel like this this I love how music can make you feel something yeah and that resonates with you and I feel like that's like where I derive my stuff from but it's like you can, you know, you can either dig deep and find something really meaningful or you can sing about like, pat that pussy. <laughs> you don't think there's any value in that? Yeah, there is. For the people that want to pat the pussies. <laughs> everyone's learning somehow. Yeah, there's a lot of Instagram models out there that might enjoy oh, that. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, I, so that's awesome that. I'm a big supporter of people that are not trying to hop on a trend or, you know, do something because they think everyone else thinks it's cool. Right? Yeah. They kind of, mm. they have a code that they live by. Right. And it's just yeah. like, this is my art. Yeah. This is what I feel. And maybe it's not popular now, but maybe one day it will be popular. But as for myself, yeah. like this is fulfilling. Yeah. And I feel that this is my calling to express myself. This exactly. Way. And there's like a big line between, do I want to do something easy or something rewarding? Because I've, I've turned down so many opportunities and I've had so many things that I could have gone in one direction, but it would have been at a cost and the cost is to sell out mm-hmm. or the cost is to go against what I believe in. But people don't like a lot of people, like a lot of like studios or producers and stuff don't realize like when you really care about what you write or like your art, like, I don't care about the fame. I don't care if I'm if, if if singing a song about something that means nothing to me and selling myself out means I have a million fans, then it doesn't mean bullshit to me because no. it's not it's not substance. It's not real. I would rather struggle and then like, you know how it, everything go the way I want it and it sound how I want it and it might only touch like a hundred people, but the hundred people that I touch, I know it's my true intention as opposed to selling out and singing something I don't want to sing or giving singing a song that I didn't write myself 
which is a big thing. Like which I've had a lot of people shove stuff on my face, like sing this. And I'm like, like you grab anyone, anyone could sing a song. Like I have respect for people that do their own work and write their own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, no disregard to the people who are singing like the cliche pop stuff, but I mean, like there is a market for that. It's huge, Yeah. but that's just not what, that's not what I'm about. The, the reward comes from being yourself, I guess, in my in my journey anyway. So that's why it's take it's it's not been easy, but it's like I I know that I've never sold out. Yeah, yeah. No, I I <laughs> I can relate to that, and yeah. I I appreciate that because it's hard to be the the trout swimmer, the sand, whatever the whatever fish is swimming upstream, yeah. right? Yeah. What is it? The salmon? I think it's the it's salmon. salmon. <laughs> yeah, trout, salmon, whatever. Yeah. One of them damn things. It's, yeah, the salmon. I'm the salmon. Yeah, you know swimming know? upstream. Yeah. But there's something there's something to that, you know. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy to do, and there's a lot of trials and tribulations that come with that, you know, yeah. path. But it's more rewarding. It is. It's so rewarding. It's and easier the, to sleep at night. Exactly. And, and the at thing the end is, of the day, you can just say like. I did it my way. Exactly. No, I did it my no, way. I did it like my that song. Way. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> you got that I know that, Yeah, I got that. It's just deep. Yeah, just that's deep. good. Maybe I'll hit some opera songs. I was thinking about taking some singing lessons, actually. You should, you got a really nice tone in your voice, so I wouldn't be surprised if you had, like, a killer voice. See, I can't hit any, any high. It doesn't matter, high. though, because everyone's got a different range. Right. You'd be more baritone. You got that, like... Hit that Elvis. Hit that Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or that, my darling, I can't get it over you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can do the, like, Barry White stuff. Oh, yeah. Ooh, lady. Yeah, lady. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, shit. I there said it. There he goes. <laughs> oh, well, cat's out of the bag. It's charming. Or the pig's out of the bag. Whatever, yeah, whatever. whatever it is. Whatever. The animals. <laughs> so, music, shy, when you were young, teacher helped get you out of your shell. Mm-hmm. What in particular, though, because I, I have a niece, right? And she is low-key a good singer. Yeah. But she's kind of afraid to sing in front of people, and she's not ready to get out of her shell yet. Yeah. Um. And I don't know if she realizes how talented she is yet. And I imagine there's probably other little boys and little girls out there that are probably in the same situation or category. What was it that, you know, you said there was a teacher, but what in particular were things that you did to kind of get you out of your shell to start performing? Well, it was, it's funny because like in music class in school, which when you're in, I don't know what America's like, but in Australia, like in like the early years before, before we have year seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, we don't have middle school. It's just high school and you have six years of it. Okay. So basically the first four years of that, you do a mandatory Wait, let me get this straight. You have yeah. six years of high school. Yeah, so you have, okay. we have primary school and then high school. That's it. Okay. So high school is 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay. So we don't have this middle school You don't thing, have that middle school which shit. I, which sounds awkward, man. It is. It's, middle school was the worst It time. sounds like everyone's going through puberty. I've been watching that Big Mouth show and I'm like, this must be middle school. Middle school <laughs> was the worst. The worst? It's puberty. It's high puberty. You know what I mean? Men are getting testosterone for the first time <laughs> and they're freaking out because they have nrbs and they don't know what to do What's with them nrb uh a no reason boner <laughs> is that a thing real thing so you just look down and you're like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you have it you can't control it you can't get rid of it <laughs> and it always pops up right when you're about to go to the board no when to you're about to the board the board yeah if you get called to the board What's i don't the, even know oh, if, oh, like, like the, the chalkboard board, or yeah. the dry erase board yeah i don't even know if they use those anymore so what would you school. do would you like strap it up or something my so i had my my technique was to tuck it into the Anus. belt line oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not that flexible. <laughs> and that's how I learned I wanted to be a drag queen. <laughs> my, my technique would be under the... Under the desk, I'd get real close to the desk and I'd like adjust it and then I'd make sure that it was tucked up. Oh, God. And then for any of you boys out there, listen. All right, I know you're really worried. You think everybody out there is like, they know you have a boner. No one knows that you have a boner, okay? <laughs> Until you give it away. So play it smooth. Yeah. Under your desk, kind of tuck that thing away, keep it away from people, you know what I mean? And just play it cool. I promise you, no one ever knows. <laughs> They don't know until you say it, right? Or you just let it just bulge out the side of your pants. Don't let that happen. Don't let it reveal. Talk it. I'm glad. Hopefully one day I will tell this to my... I'll show my son this podcast. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Be like, I don't want to have this conversation. Just watch this. This is going to be really awkward, so just listen to this guy (laughs) You're in middle school. You need to watch this. I... uh, And I would have conversations with girls Mm -hmm. about, like, later in life. Like, now. You know, even, like, right now. And I would tell them about, like, NRBs. And they'd be like, no way. That makes so much sense. Why, like, whatever guy friend they had... Yeah. That, like, if they were best friends with in, like, fourth or fifth grade, yeah. and then, like, sixth and seventh grade happened, yeah. they hit puberty, they came back from the summer and just were super weird. Weird, yeah. It's like, yeah, they, they start liking chicks. You know? uh, they start getting boners, okay. you know what I mean? That and that's that awkward stage. Yeah, it's that awkward I was like, I don't stage. have those memories, but it's because I didn't have friends. No. <laughs> it's so true. You were too ugly. I was too ugly. <laughs> Dude, I was, I, back then, I was, like, Danny Elephant. Was that what they called you? Yeah, it was one of them, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, or Fanny L, which was like fucking not even that clever. Fanny or Fatty? Fanny L. Oh, Fanny L. Oh, okay. oh, I was like, f- <laughs> you're like, that's good. <laughs> Fanny L. Oh, like, fuck, man. Kids are fucking me. <laughs> they are ruthless. Kids are fucking savage. Ruthless. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we just got. I know. We just got super sidetracked. We just got super sidetracked. So we were talking about uh, middle school not existing, six six years of high school in Australia. We're talking about your oh my god, we're talking about your niece who's got a talent and how what we were yes we were transitioning so we were about to transition. You were about to tell me yeah, and then somehow we yeah I we talked about middle school being an awful experience (laughs) and then and then it was segued into that NRBs so 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 basically yeah so with getting out of the shell so it was mandatory fuck I'm just thinking about how off topic we are. (laughs) 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 so it was mandatory to have like certain classes until your last two years of high school so music was one of them so even if you didn't like music tough shit um so basically one of the projects was to like get in a little group and you had all the instruments and everyone had to pick an instrument and then like make a song so anyway i literally just got this song and i remember singing what did i sing? i sung walk away by kelly clarkson it was the first song i ever i know i still remember it (laughs) and we had to sing it in front of the class and that got graded on it blah 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 and then that's the moment where it happened. That's when my teacher was like, holy shit. And then from that moment on, every music class, he was like giving me like like songs to learn. And like it was like literally like I just had that – he was just like learn this and do that. And he was like a good – he was a singing teacher as well. He was a music teacher. He was great. So he would like teach me like techniques and everything like that. I never had a singing lesson in my life. I just learned from a music teacher. Mm. So I, I've never gone to a singing lesson. I've gone – actually, I've gone to one singing lesson in the Gold Coast when I, I got uh, vocal nodules – whole other story but besides that my life growing up 
he just was like my only person that ever taught me how to sing and it just was I was lucky it was just natural it just came out of me yeah so it, with your niece I feel like she's just all, if she doesn't have an environment like that where she's got like a teacher that's going to give her those opportunities it'd be worthwhile her parents getting her a singing lesson okay because all it takes is someone hearing you and getting you out of your shell and telling you they believe in you for you to push yourself but if you don't have that in your school programming over here yeah. then that might never happen yeah, it, so here in America, it looks like music is starting to slowly, slowly be taken away from oh, uh, the school system. What? Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. I feel like a lot of arts are starting to be taken away because it was like technically an extra, I don't know if it was considered an extracurricular, but it was like, there was, it was a department that it seems like it's is going like, at the wayside. Yeah, because we all use algebra. <laughs> like fuck like seriously literally everything that was mandatory I don't use besides English because I'm a big literature buff but besides yeah. like every other every other like it's a it's a character personality developing thing like drama class art class music class you need to develop those to be like they're the only things in school that make sense to me like character development personality development like I feel like like I did chemistry I was like I loved chemistry I don't know why but I did and I still I don't use it but I did seven years of it. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like chemistry could be something that could be taken out. You could you do, if you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's sad that they're just picking and choosing that because that's ex- expression. Yeah, I think art is something that can't be, um, there's no tangible, like, way to measure it. Yeah. Right? It's not like you can measure people that, like, take English courses and become English, you know, like whether they're writers or teachers or all the different yeah. things that come from being in English or with mathematics, all the different fields that you can get into through mathematics, computer programming, like you can measure those things. Yeah. But it's very hard to measure art. Yeah. And art's one of those things. It's like almost artists are kind of in the same category as like athletes. Yeah. Where it's like, like you were saying, you had teachers that, told you oh okay that what do you want to be and you said a musician and they were like oh that's cool but you need to have a real job or a real plan and do you know the funny thing about that is though it's such a it's such a small minded thing for people when they say i want to be a musician and they're like oh that's nice good dream because the Mm -hmm. reality is for me as a singer it's one of the highest paying jobs i might not be a billboard singer yet and that might be the main goal is to have my music globally recognized but in respect of gigs like there's weddings, there's pubs, there's venues, there's corporate, there's international things that I do for like in impersonation. There is so much work for musicians and it is like most like some in Australia, like I like, I wouldn't take less than $100 an hour for a gig. And, you know, like some gigs were paying $300 an hour. And you performed quite a bit over there I in performed, Australia, right? Yeah, I performed heaps in Australia, but it's funny that people don't encourage it or don't say don't be a musician because it's like it's actually quite a very high paying job there's so much opportunity there's cruise lines every hotels like theaters cruise ships like weddings corporate like there's so much work and it's something you can do forever i can sing until my lungs give out yeah you know what i mean whereas people are like don't oh that's it's not smart to be a musician it's like why it's a good paying job it's a fantastic job and you don't feel like you're working it's Mm. sad that people don't encourage it there's something that has happened where people don't well people don't like people don't like putting themselves out on a limb, yeah. right? And you're told your whole life 
that you gotta you do you go to school for this amount of time mm -hmm. then you go to another school for this much time then afterwards you know you you find a job and you do this and you start you buy a house and you start you get engaged and then you get married and yeah. then you have a kid and you buy a car and you do this and you do that and everything is like there's like this neat little box package that everyone gets told that they kind of got to live in right yeah and they're like that's safe because yeah. it's like it's told that it's promised to them, right? Those mm. things are promised, which people are starting to find out that all those, that safe stuff in between the lines is not promised. Exactly. You know, especially with this quarantine and like, you know, the the economy and the world and that's in the state that it's in right now. Like, it's just like, there's kind of like this chaos and people are starting to realize for the first time that like nothing's guaranteed nothing's guaranteed yeah 100%. and it's like if i'm gonna live in this world this crazy world it's like i'm at least gonna live uh, by my own code or i'm gonna do something that i love to do no matter how far-fetched mm -hmm. how it's like uh preposterous or improbable it could be exactly and look at and look at the irony of people judging artists saying it's not a real career it's not something to focus on look what everyone has turned to during this quarantine you're sitting at home watching movies, which are actors. Uh -huh. You're listening to music, musicians. You're listening to podcasts. You are literally getting through this quarantine because of the creative minds yep. that people are telling not to express themselves. It's like so ironic. It's like when everything falls apart and we realize that, you know, like money doesn't matter right now. Like social status doesn't matter. Like going out partying doesn't matter. But what gets us through as human beings is that creative outlet yep. and listening and appreciating the arts. So it's like more than anything, I feel more justified in my profession. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's just, it's ironic. And maybe this will be, maybe this is like going to be enlightening for some people to actually like open their minds up. But unfortunately, I don't think the world works that way. I think we're in a very interesting time. And I am hoping that when we come out of this quarantine, people are going to start realizing what's really important. Yes, and I pray that that's what's going to happen too. And, uh, you know, it could look like, you know, X amount of time is going to go by and, you know, people are going to be much more connected, yeah. going to be nicer to people and things are going to, we're going to remember what it was kind of like during this quarantine. But then sooner or later, you know, the grind of everyday life and it's the corporate hustle, bustle, yeah. and everyone's going to kind of lose sight of yeah. those things that they learned during this time. I think, you know... I think the lockdown and the corn, I have my opinion on all that, which I think is all bullshit, right? Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm a big believer in like herd immunity, right? And I think that. I'm with you with that. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, let's cheers, cheers the herd immunity. To that. <laughs> <laughs> but with the, 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 oh yeah, this is what I was saying. With the lockdown, things being crazy, we should keep. Sorry, I lost my, my, my thought process here, but it's back on track. I think we should once a year mm -hmm. shut everything down for a month. Yo, I think the same thing. Like, I feel like it should be Christmas, New Year's time. Yeah. Four weeks shut down. Shut and it like, down. And everything should be like, oh my God, it's crazy that you said that. Because I was literally just thinking that the other day. I was literally, right? I told Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Literally, it gives everyone a chance to rewind, focus on shit, and worry about, like, any... You know what I mean? It's been cleansing mm -hmm. in a way. 
I mean, I'm over it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm over it now, too. Yeah, because I like social interaction. That's been the biggest thing for me. Not, not, and also, I like eating, so <laughs> it's nice going out, like, having, like, a good meal. I That, honestly, one of the things that I cannot wait to do when I get back from this quarantine is go out to dinner with some friends, mm-hmm. and I want to go, and I want to get a nice meal. Mm-hmm. I want to get... You know, I'm a, I want to get a nice steak, maybe a salad. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll get a bowl of pasta. I'll get crazy. Okay, you know maybe get I mean? a lobster. Oh, right? maybe I'll get lobster and, and pasta because there are no rules. Right? right? See, <laughs> Daniel, my, so my partner, he's lucky because I love cooking, right? Okay. I'm a great cook. I mean, I'm not going to be modest. I'm shit at some things, but okay. cooking's not one of them. Modest, no modesty. No here. modesty no there. Modesty here. I'm like the next Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's like, he never wants to go out and eat because he's like, your food's the best though. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to eat it after I've cooked it because when you're cooking and you're smelling mm-hmm. and you're tasting, by the end of it, I'm like, I don't want a meal. It's nice to go sit down, not because I want to be spoiled and be like, mm, take me to dinner, but I just want to like one day not smell all the food and then it just come to me and be like, ah. Going out to eat is like a, it's like a experience. It is. I take like, I choose where I go to eat very seriously. Like I'm not just going to any restaurant. I'm yeah. checking reviews. Same. I'm listening. I'm taking word of mouth I advice. go on TripAdvisor and I uh-huh. read it. I go on the Instagram, look at the photos. Uh-huh. I need to know that the ambiance is right. Yeah. I need to know the menu is bomb, mm-hmm. right? And I need to know that like the service is yeah. top notch because those things are important to me. Like yeah. I'm going out to be served, to be fed, to be able to, whoever I'm with, whether I'm with a friend or if I'm with a group of friends, like I want to have a good time. I want to yeah. enjoy, I don't want to think. And there's something about someone else preparing food for you that is just like, even if you are a good cook and like I yeah. make, I there's certain meals that I make because I cook all the time. And I, I love to cook yeah. and I'm a pretty good cook myself. Yeah. And there's some times where I just like when someone else makes me the same thing that I make. Yes. I may even make it better than them. Yeah. But like they made it for me and there's just yeah. something about someone else making something for you. I know it's nice, isn't it? But yeah. It, the there's like love. Was... It's the TLC that is involved exactly. with making a meal for you. I got Daniel bought me like a cup of coffee the other because Daniel, God bless him, he can't cook he's just you know mm-hmm. like i was raised to cook cause, like i have 10 brothers and sisters so, like, everyone's like feed yourself so <laughs> <laughs> but um daniel like doesn't cook and that yet again so i was like we oh, have to do now because i'm like you don't cook ever like literally he's never once cooked and that's no discredit to him because he can't cook i can so the way it works right um but he bought me like a cup of like tea the other day and I was like oh my god it was the best tea I've ever had because I didn't make <laughs> didn't it for make myself it I was just like it tastes is it in my fucking mind I'm like it tastes extra good this tea is the best, the best tea, tea ever, ever had. had yeah seriously <laughs> so like it's like that feeling I'm like I'm like man he gets this feeling every day <laughs> yeah the well that's that's why there's there's like when someone makes food for you yeah it's just like I know because like that's how my grandmas were my grandmas would make food my my mom's side of the family is Italian they're Italian oh. immigrants and then my dad's side they're a little bit of mixed all over the place yeah um but both my my nana which is my dad's side of the family and my Nona, which is my mom's side of the family. <laughs> I like uh, that they've got different Yeah, <laughs> they do have different names. Uh, they, they loved making food and they would show love 
yeah. guru making food. Yeah. So I'd be like, Daniel, eat, eat, eat. Yeah. And every time I'm over, my grandma would just feed me just food all the time. Yeah. So there's just like, and I would feel great. I loved going over to my grandma's house. Yeah, because you get the food. Yeah, <laughs> there's just like love. And it was like eating love. Uh-huh. You know, I've, I've had that. My nan didn't cook, but she um she just gave me candy. It's probably also if I'm fat. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I used to love going there because I was like, ooh, love. <laughs> what was your favorite candy? Like, I like Turkish Delight. Oh, okay. I know, which is weird because a lot of people don't like it, but I like the one that's actually covered in, it's like coated in chocolate. There's a very special Turkish Delight in Australia. It's like it's like this big fat jelly and it's covered in chocolate. And I also like mint things. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mint, disgusting. <laughs> I'm the girl that gets- Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I get peppermint choc chip ice cream all the time. It's my favorite. Okay. Yeah, I'm that person. Okay. I'm, yeah, no big deal. That's okay. That's Everyone cool. likes cookie dough. Each their own, you know, mm-hmm. each their own. I'm a big peanut butter guy. I like peanut butter too. Um, but do you know what I can't, do you know what, when I used to do bodybuilding, like peanut butter was like the thing I got to like have every, like a p- tablespoon of peanut yeah. butter and I used to be like, Ugh. I was like, it was like, it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was uh-huh. like crack. I was like, I was like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> I like, Ooh, that hurt. I was like, I was addicted to peanut butter because it was just like my like thing. Yeah, and then like, when I got to eat normal food again, I was like, oh, it's not like good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because I was just like obsessed with it. Deprived of like flavor and nutrients while uh, you're yeah, like, yeah. I was like starving. I would do, uh, cause so I've only, I've done, I did a physique competition one time and Mm -hmm. I just, it was just no intentions of being a bodybuilder or physique competitor. Just, I wanted to challenge myself and I had some downtime. So I just was like, screw it. You know, I'm in, I'm pretty lean and ripped right now. And, uh, I was like, there's a show, there was like a show in like 12 weeks and I just was like, oh. I'm going to do the show. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I'm probably only, you know, maybe 10 weeks out, you yeah. know, or so like 12 weeks is perfect. So we'll do this. And I did the show and I got a trainer. Oh, I got a nutritional trainer. Cause I didn't know, uh, at that time, my nutritional knowledge was slightly above. Uh, it was decent. It was, I had a pretty solid foundation, uh, of nutritional knowledge, yeah. but I didn't have enough to like kind of dial me in for a show, especially that yeah. last prep week that kind of takes yeah, place. Yeah, the depletion. Yeah, yeah. The, the, like the it's like quick deplete yourself of all water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then water load, and then water load, and then carb load. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. All those things. So I, you know, I got a nutritional guy, and he helped me out, and we did it. But that last four weeks, it's the worst. Is literally so brutal it is so bad it's so freaking brutal i would get and this was like back into so like instagram just started kind of blowing up yeah and i would just sit on instagram and i was following food 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 sites i would be like oh yeah fuck yeah look at that cheese it's it's so it's so true you like you obsess over Uh it's like literally like watching porn you like I used to do the same. It was better than porn at, yeah. that, at that moment in time. I would scroll through just food. Oh my God, it's so funny that you said that because <laughs> I've like been there. And I, so I'm a qualified nutritionist. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a personal trainer. I've done, I've done, I've done it all. Yeah, quite, yeah. quite talented. Yeah, so I've never had a coach for my shows because I could always, I knew my like, I know my nutrition quite well. I do, I specialize in blood type and paleo. Okay. Um, But, um. I'm like on the exact same page as you. I would be like literally like 
staring at food sites and just like watching people like cook or I'd, even cooking something would give me satisfaction smelling it. And then like I did it for like years back to back and then I was like, okay, this is like not healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the prep process is not a healthy process. Yeah, that last not. couple of weeks of like depleting yourself. It's so bad. It's, it's really hard and um, it can be the hardest part is like bouncing back. Oh from my gosh. that because like you mm -hmm. it's very easy to kind of just lose your mind mm -hmm. and just develop terrible eating habits yes and your metabolism at that point right mm -hmm. so you just went through this prep you basically starved, starved yourself, yourself for so x amount 12 on. 16 20 weeks however long your prep is you've starved yourself so your metabolism you know your body is not it doesn't it's not static no it's ever moving and evolving yeah. right it's dynamic same thing with your metabolism mm -hmm. if you give it less food You'll burn, you know, you'll burn that baseline calorie and you'll lose weight. But eventually your body will realize, oh, I'm not getting all these calories anymore. So I don't got to work as hard to burn. So I'm only going to burn this new calorie intake that I'm yes. taking. And then that becomes your normal. Exactly. And, and adapts to that. And then you put on weight like crazy yeah, when you start eating again. You drop more and it does the same thing. And mm -hmm. then, then you get to the point where you can't drop anymore. You do your show. Afterwards, you go out and celebrate. You have a big meal and yeah. then, you know. I, for me, I had three days of kind of splurging. It was, I think, two or three days of splurging yeah. afterwards. And then after that, I got right back to it. But yeah. the, the thing that can mess a lot of people up is they that two, three days turns into like weeks. Yes. And because you don't feel like you're under. I never, I've never done it. Cause I, I like I was lucky. Like I was just kind of like I, I I got real fucked up with my like with my body dysmorphia yeah. like, from competing. I was like I, I'm like I'm fat all the time. If I wasn't seven percent body right, fat which is unrealistic yeah but the especially thing is, for women oh yeah exactly even for men but especially when because you guys just hold more body fat for exactly. your reproduction system exactly and your and titties yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because like i knew so many girls that would blow out and they'd be like they'd go from these fitness models to these fucking obese girls it's like boom like that and it's so unhealthy and it's like it's funny because when i used to prep too like to trick the that metabolic um, consistently where it where it thinks as you were saying, it gets used to a certain amount of calories, so it knows only to burn so much, and your body's yeah. smart and adapts like that. I would have a cheat meal. I wouldn't do. I would I would be clean ninety nine percent of the time, and I'd have one cheat meal because I like to trick my metabolism. Yeah. But the problem is, it caused a binge mentality. Yeah. So it's like when I ate that food, I would like fucking gorge on it because it was like my one meal, and then it was just you, it, it just created this thing that when you had bad food, that it was like fuck, I don't get this, so I need to eat as much as I can as possible, and mm -hmm. it's it's so unhealthy. Yeah. And it's finding like I've like I've done one show where I had balance and i did more macro dieting it wasn't i didn't have a cheat meal i just ate my macros were perfect and i'd have like i had a little bit of chocolate every single day to keep me sane okay yeah and i got leaner than ever on it interesting so it was interesting for me because i used to be so against that and i used to be like no just like chicken broccoli rice oats egg whites like that was like my thing and then i'd have a big cheat meal but then i found like it mentally wasn't good and it also wasn't good like for the fact that I was like stuffing my stomach with all this food because you yeah. were just so excited to eat, so it's funny because I found that balance, and then I think when when you stop competing too, you got you've got to find that balance in life again. Like I saw this quote, and it really that's it's it resonated with me. It made me want to stop competing. It was like, don't lose ninety five percent of your life to be five percent body fat. Yeah, and it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, I'm kind of running into that right now that I'm done wrestling. Yeah. You know, I'm in this period where I, uh, 
I mean, I know what I want to do, but like, I don't need to be, you know, it's quarantine. So there's really nothing to do. Yeah. It's the first time in like six years where I haven't had to look good in a pair of underwear and leather boots. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, I've been in a caloric deficit for like the past three years. years and yeah. like maybe even longer depending, you know, I went through different phases of, of keeping calories restricted. And I know how strict you are. Cause I've seen your regime and like, like shit, man. Like if, if someone's dedicated that I know it's like, you're the definition of dedicated like I, do, I literally don't think I've met anyone over here that is like more consistent and I know that from like all your posts and like it just being your friend and like seeing your lifestyle so it's like I have so much respect for you because like you're like the most disciplined person I think I've ever met thank you <laughs> like seriously it's like it's funny too like your stay hydrated post I was like I should stay hydrated <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that helps I did, so one of the for me it's just like I don't know I I couldn't, I learned the importance of nutrition um, by actually learning about nutrition, like yes. myself, rather than just having a trainer or, a, you know, a coach tell me like, oh, you should eat this or you should, you should avoid eating these things or yeah. you shouldn't drink alcohol when you're training or, or all these different things you should avoid. Like, I know why I shouldn't drink those, you know, yeah. I, why I shouldn't drink pop. Why I shouldn't eat fast food. Yes. Why I shouldn't eat all these sugars and sweets all the time. Because, like, what it does to your body. And yeah. when you know what it does to your body, you have to... It makes it very hard for you to, like, want to consume and put those things Exactly. Into you. And it's like knowledge is power. I don't know if you know this about me. You might. I think I've told you. But before I did fitness, I was obese. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So, but it's so funny that you say when you learn about it, you respected it. Because... I was so obese, like people at home don't realize I lost like 90 pounds, which is a fucking lot of weight. So like a person. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> like, it's exactly, I lost a lot of weight. 90, actually, I think I was with Casey today and I think she was like, I think she, it I think I lost Casey from my body. <laughs> Shit. Because she was pe bench pressing that today. Okay. And I was like, she, you're strong. And she's like, yeah, it's like what I weigh. <laughs> she's very impressive. She's so impressive. She's a very impressive She's athlete. an impressive, just she's a great human. Yeah. But it's funny because like, you know, I look back at that and I'm like, I, I, I literally got to a point where my like I was like I realized I was super fatty and I enrolled in personal training and nutrition and it wasn't an, and do you know what until that point I had excuses and like all kind like when you're overweight I'm sorry every overweight person in the world no offense but you will sit there and be in self-denial you tell yourself you're happy you tell yourself it's not the bad you'll say beautiful at every size beautiful at every size yes healthy hell no and when I learned about it and learned how dangerous it was and learned that I could do it and then you applied that, it was like, it's like magic. It, it worked. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it's like what you said. It's like the moment you realize for yourself and learned it and absorbed it, it's so different to someone saying, do this, do that. Because until you don't understand why, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have any substance until you really understand it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, the, cause it's, certain things you are technically poisoning yourself yeah you know mm -hmm. like when you drink out i know we're drinking a glass of wine now hey it's good for your heart it is good <laughs> it is i always say i food is or wine is food it's it, culture it is and it, do you know what it's like a glass is good for the heart literally. yeah yeah everything in moderation for the you know everything in moderation except I for believe, a crack, except for crack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta go all out with that <laughs> there's no really no amount of moderation with a crack <laughs> i uh <laughs> <laughs> I um it I learned that you know alcohol was poison mm. that you know because your body 
it's not going to do your it's your metabolism isn't going to run mm-hmm. your digestive tract's not going to run when you have alcohol in your system your body is just trying to get rid of it yeah now if you have a glass if you have a beer you have a glass of wine mm-hmm. like your body can handle that you yeah. know because it, it's able to to get it out of your liver within an hour and it's yeah. like it, it's able to pro but when we go out like you know you go out and you mm-hmm. have three drinks five drinks if you're a real maniac, you know, you binge drink and you have like 10 drinks yes. and someone's carrying you home, right? Then you go on the way home, you know, you're hungry, so you eat something really crappy. Eat some Macca's. Right? Mac- yeah. Oh, McDonald's? You guys didn't call it Macca's. Well, yeah, what do you guys call Macca's. it? Macca's. Macca's? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to talk. So I am a big fan of Australian slang. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you guys have some good slang. But so you eat something, you eat something shitty that you're like, oh, I just want to eat this. And then it just sits in your stomach. Yeah. Because your body is just trying to expunge all the poison alcohol out of it before it will even deal with the crappy food that you just put in. Yeah. And I know that there's people out there that think that it's like, oh, the grease is soaking up the alcohol. It does not work That's that not way. how it works. Do you know what? The food tastes good, which is releases serotonin and yeah. dopamine in the brain, which makes you think you feel better. But it's just because you're releasing those endorphins. It's not because it's actually doing anything beneficial to your body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... Don't drink a bunch of alcohol. No. And eat food. It's not soaking it up. Yeah. It's not it's actually just making things. It's making worse. it worse. You but, know what yeah. I mean? It's like if you want a rush of endorphin, go on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or work out. Yeah. Or aggressively pat your animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you know that's a thing is called cute aggression? No. I have a severe thing. It's like literally a thing. It's called cute aggression. It can happen with animals and children. So cute, you just want to kill it. So no where you <laughs> I get my dog and I pat her and I grind my teeth I go and I shake and I'm like I have to actually unclench my jaw and I'm like whoa calm down because I'm like it's so fucking cute <laughs> and, but it's like a lot of people get that and it's like when I see a baby I'm like <laughs> that explains why no one watching yeah, the baby some people pinch Daniel pinches me like he'll like if he thinks something's cute he'll grab me and start pinching my skin and I'll be like oh shit <laughs> so yeah it's a real thing it exists okay. yeah um Cute aggression. Yeah. Interesting. I could see that. Uh, I, saw, I saw this golden retriever the other day. I just was like, this thing's so cute. I was in the middle of working out, though, so I had to, like... You probably, mm, mm. You probably <laughs> I was had, run- like, cute aggression <laughs> while you were pumping. <laughs> I was running the stairs. I was... After, I was much more enthused to hit those <laughs> see, stairs. That's cute aggression. Uh, cute aggression. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? So, I'm glad you brought up uh, about the... Because I almost forgot that you are a nutritionist. Yeah. So... What advice would you give young young men and young women, but specifically young women? Because mm-hmm. uh, I talk to a lot of women about strength training, and they always come to me. It's the same I don't thing. Get big. I don't want to get big. Get I just want to get toned. Yeah. Right? And it's like, well, t- tone isn't even a real thing. Yeah. Right? Tone's not even a real thing. I don't know what tone is. Yeah. And it's not that easy to build muscle. No, it's okay. so hard. It's, it depends on your body type. I'm an ectomorph, right? So right. Um, it's very difficult for me to build yeah. muscle. It's incredibly hard. So the, the best thing I can advise people is, in a nutshell, okay, to like, like to get a little bit scientific, but to create easy explanation. So when you're doing cardio, which is what most females do, you're burning calories as you, you know, as your heart rate raises, you get into like a fat burning zone, you can get into like a more cardiovascular developing zone and so on and so forth. And you'll burn energy. So uh, weight loss is energy inverse energy out end of the day. 
right? Yep. So whatever you intake as opposed to what you take, right? Really simple when it comes to losing and gaining weight. When everyone's like, oh, it's a macro diet or or a paleo diet or a keto, it's like at the end of the day, it all comes down to what you're taking in, what you're putting out. Yep. Keto might eliminate carbs and carbs have a different content than they do to compared to fats and that's how it works. It's all mathematical. Yeah. But it's not like magic. It's not like if you stop eating carbs, you lose weight. But for women, it's like you need to realize when you're doing cardio, you burn while you're training. When you do weights, you do some, you use something, a system, it's called the EPOC system. And basically what happens is when you're burning it, uh, when, you're doing, when you're doing weights, when you finish training, your body needs more oxygen afterwards. So it will continuously burn calories afterwards. Yeah. So not only are you like tearing and repairing in those like movements, which is causing muscle development gradually, muscle development increases your metabolic rate. And then also when you're doing those kind of strength training instead of uh, cardio base, you're going to burn calories not only during your workout, but afterwards. So there's so much more benefit. Whereas women, a lot of women, and it's like, I'm not being sexist, but it's true. And before I learned, I was the same. You think, oh, cardio will get me skinny. I've got to go for a run. I've got to go on the treadmill. It's like, it'll burn this many calories. And that's pretty much a small science to it. But doing weight training, you're going to, you know, grow the muscles, which increases metabolic rate. It's going to use a system that allows you to burn calories during and afterwards. And it's just more beneficial. And that muscle will harden and develop and it will give you those nice shape and that nice look mm. and you're never going to have like set those sexy curves and those like defined body features while doing cardio no. like i all my shows my, i've done three shows where i didn't do any cardio and i got down to like i think like six percent body fat at one point yeah and that was like i i I'm, i don't like running i'm a runner i like i might do a bit of walking or like like I like the bike and whatever, but like girls need to get out of this mindset that weights are the enemy and that weights are going to make you big and bulky. No. Like if that was the case, there wouldn't be such thing as steroids because men struggle to put on muscle, let alone women. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, very much. Yeah. So it's not easy to build muscle. It's not. It's so freaking hard. I tell, I just, these little kids stop and they were like, I shouldn't say little, they were like 12, 13 years old. <laughs> But they're like, I always get stopped by like these youngsters or whatever. And I'm like, what do you do? Or like, what's the secret in this? And I'm just like, I remember I was going to Fresh Kitchen and there was like this kid, he was probably like 19 years old. Yeah. He was behind the counter. I I think I had just left the gym. Yeah. So I was like, I had a pump and I had like a cutoff on. So my, I was looking like, extra. Rrr. Right. And I was just like, I was like, bro, I just want a chicken bowl, you know, like hey, some Brussels sprouts. But he was just like, yo man, he was like, what's the secret? You got to tell me the secret. And I just, I looked at him. I was like, you got to play the long game. Yeah, it's, 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 it doesn't happen overnight. You got to be willing to play the long game. Exactly. I've been training now for 20 years. Yeah. And I say it takes probably 10 years to truly build like a good physique. It's so true. It does. And it it takes a long, a long, long time and it takes commitment. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing like with not just women, but men, but like, like, like as a, this is why I stopped training because I can't stand it anymore. Like I trained myself. I started doing shows and I enjoyed training myself, but I can't stand training people that don't listen to you and they think they know more than you. And it's like, you, they don't see results. And it's like, I can do what I can for you here, but you go home and you eat whatever you eat. Yeah. And I can tell you not, I can tell you, you need to eat carbs. You need to balance portions. You don't need to eat six small meals a day. You can do this, blah, blah, blah. I give them a plan and they're like, oh, I don't know though. I don't know if I can be eating rice. I can't be eating oats. Like I can't be eating sweet potato. And I'm like, you can though. Go home and eat your tuna and your salad and see how long that lasts and then you'll binge on something. And like it's the thing is it's ignorance. And I think that's like the biggest thing is like I understand it because I was the same when I was a big girl. 
I, I, it's like I sit here and I say this with respect because I was there, but I say it, I can say it because I've been there. And I say it because I'm like, I was that girl. I was that girl that would be like, my trainer would be like, what did you eat this week? And I'd be like, I ate broccoli and chicken. But I'm like, I fucking ate fucking pan of brownies. And <laughs> you know what I mean? But So people lie. They don't tell the truth. Yeah. And also like, I didn't believe it too. I was the same. I was like, I don't want to get big and muscly. Like, you know, yeah. then I did a show and I was like, shit, why can't I get big and muscly? <laughs> you know? So it's like, I think the biggest thing is just trust the people that know what they are talking about. Yeah. And be consistent. Like some people like stick it up for like, you know, a week and then they give up. They say it takes two two weeks mentally to create a habit. Yeah. So if you can get past that hurdle, the two and I believe that two first weeks are the hardest to change your lifestyle. Like like so just it starts with little baby steps, cut down on things, but just trust the people that know what they're qualified to do. Yeah. And if you don't, then you won't you'll get the same results you've always had because you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> This is another thing that people don't realize either, especially women. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I talk to dudes all the time. Dudes will listen to me all the time. Yeah. Because they see me. I'm, t I'm tall. I'm jacked. Yeah. I'm good looking. They're like, oh, I want to, you know, they want to, I've got an impressive physique. They're like, so, how do I be you? Right. It's yeah. easy. You know what I mean? Because I know because when I, when guys talk to me, because like I was the young kid looking at the jack guys when I was younger, wanting to know their secrets, yes. you know? And so it's easy to talk to dudes, whether they'll listen or not. That's another thing. You know, yeah. it's the same situation that you were just talking about. Sometimes they'll listen. Sometimes they won't. At the end of the day, you're only bullshitting yourself. Yeah. Especially in like uh, when it comes to training your body and in your physique. If you're saying you're eating what you're eating, like I don't, you don't really need to tell me. I can tell by looking at you. Or yeah. Not. Yeah. You know, yeah. And by your physique, you know, exactly. people that talk about all these things, the, you know, the work shows. Yeah. But the thing that I always try to tell women is build muscle when you can. Mm -hmm. And you have a, like, you're young now, you're, you're supple, you've got your youth and your vitality, but there's going to come a time when age kicks in. Mm -hmm. And That's so true. age is going to kick in and you're going to start, instead of going up, rising, gaining, building more, getting better, you can't. you're going to start declining. Well, I have never thought about it like this and this is, you're so right. It is so true. So you need to build, I tell women yeah. all the time, you need to build muscle while you can so you can hold on to it mm -hmm. throughout your older years yeah and that will increase your quality of life exponentially yes just by doing a basic strength it doesn't have to be crazy you don't have to train like a bodybuilder yeah. you don't have to train like a pro athlete if those are things you want to do please by by all means do those yeah. things but like just a very simple fundamental program where you're saying you're doing some sort of cardio, some sort of strength training program, you know, some sort of calisthenics, something incorporate three, four times a week, 30 to an hour, something like that. And that is going to increase your well-being well into your 60s, 70s, yeah. your 80s. Women, when you hit 40, you're like menopause is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. You're going to start losing bone density. Mm -hmm. uh, osteoporosis is going to kick in. If you lift weights, the stress from training, with st from resistance training, increases bone density. Yeah. So, but what, by, by getting strong, you're building muscle that's going to keep you strong throughout your life. And then you're also increasing the thickness of your bones, which are going to keep you from getting hurt. Exactly. And when you're older, and it happens to men too, but more to women, yeah. like that bone thinning, thinning, yeah. thinning process that takes place. It's so true. It's like such a good way to look at it too. It's like do it. Like I'm literally in a position now where I'm trying to like build as much muscle as I can because I'm like, 
it's quarantine. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do anything. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, that's something I've always wanted to do. I'm like literally lifting heavier than I have in my whole life. And it's great. Yeah. And I feel a bit like bulky at the moment. I mean, I know I'm not a big human, but for me, I feel bulky. But it's great. like, thank you, sir. But it's like, a, it's like, I'm like, I can do this now and like use this time because it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, you use the time you can while you have it. Yeah. Because you're so right. It's like the moment you start to age, it's like it, your cells don't recover as quick. Like nothing works as well. I always, so when you're 30 years old, it's, I don't want to say it's too late because it's not too late. Yeah. It's never too late to start training. Let's, let's just get that on the table. It's never too late to start. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late to start getting better and training. You could be 60 years old, oh, start yeah. training and get better. Yeah. But if you can start being proactive and in your 20s, mm-hmm. your teen years, and you sustain that healthy lifestyle training, yeah. you're going to be so better off like in terms of being able to age than all the other people around you. Yeah. You're going to age better than your friends that don't train. Yeah. Physically, mentally, your cognitive skills, like there's so- plenty of science to back all the positive benefits that come from training, all the neural pathways that are strengthened mm-hmm. uh, through training and yeah. like training your nervous system, especially when you're strength training, you're lifting things heavy. Like people don't realize we have a nervous system that's running. It's an electrical current that runs mm-hmm. from the tips of our fingers and our toes to our, to our spine, to the core of yeah. our body that runs mm-hmm. everything. And it sends a signal. And when you, from the second you grab a bar, you're sending a signal to that nervous system. Yeah. And the more you can do that, the stronger that signal gets and it fires and it allows you to control the faculties of your body even yeah, better. Exactly. And I just, I don't know what it was. I was fortunate enough to like listen to all the old timers when I was younger. Yeah. Um, even though I did go through my meathead phase where I was like, oh, I'm going to lift as heavy as I can every day, <laughs> you know? And some of that was just being young and yeah. like, dumb, especially when you hit puberty. Yeah. You got all them NRBs you got to work on, yeah. you know? <laughs> I was about to say, what's that? And I'm like, oh, I know I learned today. Yeah, you gotta I work learned it. today. <laughs> <laughs> and you, so, you know, and you just train hard with all your friends. At least for me, I played football and we had a strength program every day after school we would go and we'd just lift as hard as possible yeah but uh, after I you know after I got out of high school I got smarter about how hard I trained like I didn't stop training super hard but I I I trained smarter and I remember somebody telling me this and it stuck with me forever train like you're 40 and you'll feel like you're 20 forever that's so true yeah I like that and I just, it just really stuck with me. And I, and I, I saw old time, you know, some of the, I say old timers, but the older guys in the gym that were probably around my age now yeah, saying like all these kind of little pitfalls and their certain joints were aching because they weren't, maybe their form, they weren't keeping good form uh, when they were maxing out or they were hitting maximal lifts. They were doing too much reps, yeah. you know, because that's a thing that a lot of people, you know, in the fitness world, they do too many reps. Yeah. They do too much volume. They're volume monsters. It's rep, 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 yeah. rep, rep, mm-hmm. which is great for building muscle, but it comes at a cost. You yeah. Know? Like all the, your joints, all that wear and tear. Like, are you, and if your form's not A1. Exactly. And people, know? oh my gosh, it's so annoying watching like people just do exercise and it's like it's there's no point doing it if your form's bad i agree you know what i mean and also i'm not like as a trainer i like i still like i still learn i, I learn every day from people 
I always feel like the best trainers are the oldest trainers, the ones that have been around for a long time. And I still like if my form's not perfect in a lot of shit. Like I've yeah. I've got slight scoliosis, so like I struggle with like things when I don't isolate. And it's like don't ever be too proud to take take critique. Take critique. Exactly, yeah. because if someone knows what they're talking about, it's going to save you an injury. And sometimes you don't see it's hard um Especially when you first are ch- starting to learn to train, it's hard to see yourself, you know, your propriocep- yeah. your proprioception, unless you're just a naturally like an elite athlete where you have high proprioception, which is your ability to see your body in time and space without, you know, without seeing yourself, right? Yes. So if you can do that, like what you, you're most likely not going to have that skill mastered or no. so it's, it's good to have someone that's watching and giving you little cues yes. or to give you a critique afterwards. Like, Hey, push, you know, when you're squatting, push your butt back, you know, push back rather than sit down, Yes, you know, or your knees are caving in, keep them flared out, rip the ground apart is mm-hmm. a cue that I would give people when they're squatting, yeah. try and rip the ground apart and yeah. that'll keep your knees from caving in Yeah, and like sit back rather than sitting down Yeah, yeah. and like those just little things like that. You have someone that's able to give you those cues. So it's like, don't look at it as like a negative or be offended or be too proud. Mm-hmm. Take it. I love when people give me cues because then it it like helps. And that's why I, anytime I train with people, I always try to give them cues. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll do like a, uh, I'll touch, I'll touch them with whatever muscle it is that we're training. Like if we're doing hypertrophy work, Mm -hmm. we're trying to build like the chest, like I'll touch somebody's pecs Yeah. and that electrical current. Remember we have a nervous system. I have a nervous system as well. I have an electrical, you know, signal that I send when I touch you and you feel when someone touches you. Yeah. So sometimes people have a hard time contracting that particular muscle. Yeah. Just have whatever muscle you have because mm-hmm. everyone has stubborn muscles. Yeah. Some have, some people have really easy muscles to grow. They just look at them and they grow. And yeah, right. Some yeah. people just, and sorry, genetics is a thing. It some is people a thing. are genetic freaks and you are just like, goddamn lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, so that's a thing too, but it's so, it's so true. You have to learn how to engage the muscle. Never underestimate the ability to train your body though exactly but there's definitely a genetic component that is involved with a lot of things yeah that's why it's important not to judge yourself based on what other people yeah do. and don't compare yourself to people do you know the, the lean as lean as like i have very muscular legs and like glutes i have this tiny upper i have a very small upper body i get i get sharp obliques but i never get front abs it doesn't matter how like much muscle I put on in like like other parts of my body and I train my abs. Like I just my front abs would just never they're not bulky. Yeah. I'm like I have like it's just my body shape. It's what it's like. And I'm sure if I like ate a shit ton more and really focused on it and really did way to crunch, then I could do it. But it's like like I also have like like not saying arrogant, but I have like fantastic legs when I when I train them. That's like what I always had a strong point in. And it's like some girls struggle so hard with their legs. Yeah. But it's like some of the girls I know that have really, like, that don't do well with their legs, they have these great abs. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I've never trained my abs. It just yeah. happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, a lot of times those, like, abdominals are, a lot of things are genetics. Yes. To, yeah. Now, to an extent. Now, I don't want to say that because I think, if, like you said, if you wanted to, you know, if you, I re- could really, you could yes. really, you could really developed and now it might not be easy it might take a lot of work and it Mm -hmm. might not be the same as whoever your favorite fitness models abs are you know but like you can definitely like i said never underestimate exactly and like what you said too don't just don't compare yourself to people yeah 
you honestly, your competition should be with yourself. Yourself, exactly. And I know it's a cheesy little thing that people are throwing away now, around now, is don't compete with others. Compete, you're only competing with yourself. But it's true. It is. It is true. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. And the second, I think, the second that you start competing with yourself rather than everyone else around you, you gain a new peace of mind because mm-hmm. you're no longer. Because uh, when you're competing with other people. Now you're relying on an external stimulus to make you feel better about yourself. Exactly. Which are things that you can't control. Exactly. And exactly. you want to always focus on the things you can control. And one of the only things you can control, like, as I can control how hard I work this day compared to how hard I worked yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I can compete with my former self in terms of, did I put enough effort in today? You know, did I, mm-hmm. did I give my all today? And now my all today may be different than my all tomorrow Yeah. based on how I feel or how, you know, how much slep- sleep I got, how stressed I've been today, uh, what my workout was the day before. Some of that also is like learning how to auto-regulate your body and being like, okay, like I hit a PR last week, but I'm not going to be able to hit a PR this week because I, you know, I traveled for, you know, five hours on a plane, you know, or I, I ate, I didn't get all the meals because work had me pulled and stressed in different situations. And don't let that be you not hitting that PR because of those things make you feel less than either, you know, like just be honest with yourself and be like, I gave everything I had today. Wasn't as good as last week, but it was the best I could do today. And some of the, yeah. and a lot of that comes with experience and time yeah. and learning your body. Like I was very hard on myself. I'm still hard on myself, but like I've gotten better at like loving myself over these years. Yeah. And <laughs> I've got, it's good. It's a good thing. You <laughs> it know? is. And I, th- it's hard to do. It's so hard to do. And you know what? I feel like it definitely comes with like, it's like, it comes with maturing and like also like realizing like what's, important and what's not important and what you should value within yourself and what isn't significant yeah and i would i would be really hard on myself if i didn't if i wasn't always getting better if i wasn't having the prs if i wasn't lifting the most amount of weight hitting more reps than i hit whatever it was if i wasn't getting better each week like Mm. it was like what's the issue yeah and i'd be hard on myself but I was never taking into account like the the ever evolving, dynamic, moving body that yeah. you know that is my body. Yeah. And I learned over the years that sometimes you know you got to take a step back before you can take two steps forward, or sometimes you've got to. Part of being disciplined, when we talk about being disciplined, mm-hmm. uh part of being disciplined isn't just training a hundred percent every day. Part of being disciplined is knowing, Hey, you don't have it today yes. or I've got a twinge, you know, I've, I've had so many, and most injuries I've had, uh, that weren't from like acute, like collisions from sports or anything crazy that I've done in my life, which has been a lot of that crazy. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> but most of like little tears that I've had in the weight room or little pulls, I all, I knew they were coming. Yeah, because you're like, and I feel I, it, but I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't listen to it. Or I, you know, I felt something mm. twinge and I, I put the weight down and just rested five minutes. And then yeah. I was like, okay, now I'm going to go. Exactly. And you're like, fuck, that's happened to me this time last year. I was doing really heavy leg press and I felt my left knee and I was like a little bit sore. And I was like, ooh. 
Ooh. And I was like, no, but I'm like lifting so heavy. I feel really good. Did another one. Boom. Tore my meniscus. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I knew it was happening. And now you're out. How, how long did that oh set you Oh my gosh. Back? Three months. Like I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk properly for six weeks. Yeah. And I didn't have the surgery because the surgery is just a cartilage tear off. Yeah. Which was like, I don't need it. Um, but man, like the mental aspect of like not being able to train and like being, you know, not feeling yeah. good and everything was like, I reflect back on that and I'm like, it's you, well, what we were talking about before. I'm like the positive in that is I learned in that instant that to walk away from things when I know that they're, you know, yeah. that's like, that was a big ego thing that like I had to like learn as a human being. I was like, that was my lesson. Mm-hmm. And that happened because it taught me now, like the other day I was in the gym, I was doing squats and I was like squatting like god like half of what i was the week before and i just felt weak and i was like what's wrong with me and i was like you know what i'm not feeling it and i left and i'm like the old me would have been like no push through you know but it's like you learn from this kind of stuff but it's like it's like it's exactly what you said it's like you have these moments where you injure yourself or something bad happens and it's like oh there's a positive out of it because i learned not to be so silly next time yeah (laughs) and you because now it's like okay do i take do I listen to my body and not hit these, you know, say I've got four more sets of squat, right? And it's like, do I just not do those four sets and get back after it next week? Or if I'm still feeling sore, maybe two weeks? Yeah. Or do I push through it like a dummy and then tear my meniscus? Yeah. And now I'm out for three months. Exactly. And it's funny too, because you've got to like differentiate what's like, am I tired or am I injured? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's been moments where I'm like, I don't want to do it, but I could, but I've given up and it's like, I could have done it, but I'm just being lazy yeah. or just not. But even even then, like if you're feeling, if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. And so this is something that I have struggled with. Mm. Um, I, I see I'm the opposite where it's just like, I got to train all the time, hard all the time. So it's like, I need to be, I need to put a governor on myself, you know, to almost bring myself down. Down, yeah. Um, But I think a lot of, so there's a fine line of knowing, you know, pushing through being tired, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, I'm tired. I didn't get enough sleep or this or that. It's easy to make excuses. I'm not going to work hard today. Yeah. It's like, no, you just were being a slap dick and you didn't go to bed early enough and you didn't eat. Or maybe you just haven't been working out as much. So you're, you're not as in good a shape. You're thinking about, it's easy to find a hundred different excuses not to train. Yeah, exactly. And there's, you got to know when to push through those. Mm -hmm. And you got to know when to be tough with yourself and be like, no, you're being, you're being soft or you're being weak or you're looking for a way out. And it's like, no. Yeah, exactly. No, I got to work. I got to push through this. And Mm -hmm. then there's the fine balance of being like. Like, ooh, there's a nerve going down my spine (laughs) and my foot's numb. And like, that's like, that's, yeah. Yeah, muscles are twinging or feeling Mm -hmm. like something bad's about to happen. So it's a delicate balance. Yes. And I would say the majority of people that are listening to this need to suck it up and push through. Yeah, suck it up. We have a saying in Australia, suck it up, princess. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it up, princess. Suck it up. Oh, that kind of sounds like fucking, it's like an innuendo. Oh. <laughs> but it means toughen up. Yeah. 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 But as I said it, I was like, oh, that, that could mean two things. <laughs> what kind of princess? Australia. <laughs> Australians are dirty, man. I know. I've noticed. We have a very, as you can tell probably from it, we have a very crude sense of humor. There's a little darkness. Right. To it. Very yeah. casual. We're very like, everything's all right. 
I just, I've got a little bit of a dark sense of humor. So yeah, I, I, I know. Never... <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's where we get along. Yeah. Some it's... of the shit you say, like we say, you joke at people like, oh, and it's like, oh, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with the comedy, peop- if everything's okay or nothing's okay. Yeah. Right. It's okay if people laugh at it. Right. It's not okay when people don't laugh. Yeah, They're exactly. Like, it's funny though, because like, like I feel like you've got to like broaden your mind and be okay with everything because everyone's sensitive these days. And it's like, I hate, it's like with comedy, it's like, it's either nothing, either everything's on the table or nothing's okay. I used to work at a cabaret theater for in Australia for a while. And I used to have to make a, make a joke about melanoma, which people would get up and it was like we used to sing a song well there was a song and it was a famous song and it was like a melanoma song yeah it was like you grew on me like a tumor you infected <laughs> me like malignant melanoma and now you're in my heart so it was like but it was a song about it was it was a song about saying how this guy dated a chick and he was like i liked you but you are like cancer right, right? <laughs> a very clever song by tim Minchin. he's an amazing musician um but the thing is, everyone would be like, oh, my God, that's, that's offensive. And I'm like, well, my dad just died of cancer and I'm the one, like, in the show. Right. So, you know what I mean? You can choose to be offended or you can choose to see the humor in it. And I feel like it's like either – like, that's why I say either either you joke about it or you can be prude. It's, com- it's completely your outlook. But it's like – it was just like I experienced that firsthand. It's like when you're singing about cancer and you, someone you love just died of cancer and yeah. you're okay with it, that's when you know you've reached that level of – okay, I'm going to see the humor and everything as opposed to the sensitivity of the subject. That's how I kind of, at least for me personally, I, f- I deal with in, like intense or tragic situations that have ever happened to me. Like I just find a way. Humorous? I, yeah, I just try to find a way to make light of it by joking yes. around about it. Yes, it's, yeah, I'm the same. Okay, so at my, at my dad's funeral... My dad, because he was sick, for he had cancer for a long time. And he always used to say, he's like, when I die, he's like, I don't want it to be sad. I want it to be a party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, fuck, well, that's not going to fucking happen because you can fucking be dead and everyone's going to be upset. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, when it came to him passing away, I had to do the, I was, I had to do the speech. Like, I was the one. It was a lot of pressure. And I was like, man, I was like fucking oh, 22. Like, it was hard. And... I remember, <laughs> I remember in my head, I was like, well, dad wanted like a party. So I, I got this like fucking party ad and like this like thing. And I got up to do the speech at the eulogy and I put on the party hat and had my little thing. And I was like, and I literally did that. And I was like, dad wanted this to be a party. <laughs> but it was so fucking awkward because no one laughed. Because <laughs> I mean, he was no. <laughs> it was I was like I was kind of like ooh tough crowd today, <laughs> but it was like it was so awkward because I was like I did it and I was like expecting like a uh-huh or something, but it was just like so depressing. <laughs> no one laughed, and I'm up there in this fucking party out with this streamer, and I'm like, all right, now I'm gonna do the rest of the fucking thing, <laughs> and it's really awkward. <laughs> but afterwards, my nan his. His mum was like that. Your dad would like that's like your dad would have loved that. Like that's exactly what he would have wanted because he he was the same. He saw like the humor and everything, yeah. but it was just fucking fucked, man. I just I always look back at that and everyone everyone's faces were kind of like, what the fuck? What is? This? Why is his daughter at a party having like this balloon thing in her hand? Who man? let Danny drink before <laughs> yeah. she gave the speech? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it was like yeah, that was that was a. 
interesting. <laughs> interesting. Well, good for you. Twist. Just committing to it. Right? I was like, major, major proud papa. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of cultures that like, they don't like, they do not mourn death. They celebrate. Yeah. Like, isn't that what Cinco that de Mayo led. is all about? Cinco de Mayo, have you say it? Isn't yeah. that like the Mexican? I'm, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Mexican. Is that the word? Yeah. Mexican? Yeah, I was like, is that the place? Yeah, that's Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm geographically challenged. So yeah. I was like, not sure. But they celebrate it. They're like, yay, Day of the Dead. Like, yeah. it's like, like you know, some cultures really embrace it. I want to I wanna raise my kids to like embrace death because I'm fucking scared as shit of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's hard. Like most cultures is like, it's the end. I want, so I want people when I die. Yeah. Uh, I haven't decided, I think I, I don't want to be like put in a, like in a, in a coffin. In a coffin. <laughs> I don't want to be just only for the ceremony. Right. Yeah. That's it. Then after that, I either want to be cremated. Yeah. Or like dumped into space or on something some, cool. some crate send me into yeah. like the sun or Why, something. I want to be taxidermied. <laughs> <laughs> just be <laughs> I would have it in my will <laughs> Daniel's last wish was to be taxidermied <laughs> have this awkward like fucking statue of me in the house Are you write in the will that all your kids have to like you get passed down to the next yeah. generation <laughs> it's like oh fuck you got great granny daddy <laughs> Her fucking head fell off, man. <laughs> so who's wax uh, wax person is that? Oh, that's actually my great great granny, Danny. Yeah. She's really. She was uh she was an interesting character. Yeah, she wanted to be taxidermy. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? I'm like I'm joking about it, but now I'm gonna want to do it. <laughs> How would you want? So, what would be your pose? Like. <laughs> something something crude okay. like something humorous or something like uh oh I'm dead right. <laughs> like, I don't know or maybe it'd be subtle I don't know like there's so many possibilities there are there are you would have to go through right. like, a bunch of them right. to see how I want to like hope the one day we're in heaven and I'm like I did it check it out and you're like well it's really fucked up <laughs> the, the Romans used to have uh, like they would have rooms they were called ancestor rooms mm -hmm. and they would have like bus essentially of their ancestors, each of their ancestors. Yeah. And it would list all of the great deeds that they had ever done. And so some of these rooms would have like 20, 30, 40, 100 heads That's in there cool. depending on how big the family was. <laughs> and they would like go every room, you know, and these were usually probably like noble or like the upper class of Roman yep. society. And they would just go in these rooms and they would look at their ancestors and like see all the deeds that they've ever done. And that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. I thought that that was very interesting. I was like, I kind of want to start that in right? my, for like my family. That's cool. You should, you should start the revolution. Maybe I taxiderm myself. You, <laughs> you know, like that Madame Tussauds like wax museum. Yeah. But it's like where you go when you die. People would be pissed that had to get me though. I'd be like freaking grandpa so big. <laughs> Takes up yeah. so much damn room. Yeah. I'm hoping that you know sometimes when you get old you shrink for you some fucking smaller. reason. Like yeah. I'm like I'm hoping I'm like like compact. You'll take up so. less room. Yeah, I remember like the other day, like when I was with my mom. I say the other day, but it was a long time ago, and she's like, "I'm shrunk," and I'm like, "You actually have like yeah. where the fuck happened? You're like this big." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so maybe that's a thing. I think I was get what was I? We got we've been hitting some side topics here. Yeah, I was getting to uh, 
Oh, morning. Oh, I just wanted to say something silly about uh, when I die, at least before, whether I end up getting taxidermied or sent <laughs> off into the sun or whatever. Or maybe I get burnt and poured off. I want it to be super dramatic. Yeah, maybe you get turned into a liquid and everyone has to drink you. Oh, no, that's kind of cannibalism. <laughs> Does it count if you're like... I don't know. If you're liquid Once form? Once you're dead, I don't know. I don't Take know. me with if you, you don't forever. don't chew it, maybe not. But I want to at least before whatever... What, I, I got to figure out whatever that process is, mm-hmm. whatever I end up having done. Yeah. You know, I want it to be super dramatic, let off into the ocean and have like someone have a poem and they read it. And Someone's people like, are... <laughs> <laughs> like <a flute> like... <laughs> Yeah, they're playing some sort of wind yeah, instrument yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I want to be in the casket and I want to be taken back to my place and I want all my friends and family. I want to be in the middle of the room. Yeah. And I just want to be, and I want everybody to gather around and I want everybody to drink and smoke and eat food but yeah. like when they g- gather on everyone's got to have a drink in their hand they've got to be smoking yeah and they just were they're gonna everyone's gonna go around and tell their favorite dan matha story yeah i like that idea yes that's nice and you gotta pour a drink out for you gotta pour a shot out into the casket for me though yeah you know what i mean yeah i like that per, you gotta pay appreciation to your homie 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. oh shit <laughs> um yeah. What else? So I know we got off topic about training, but I want to come back to training. Um, what uh, do I even want? Not, do I want to talk about training here? <laughs> I haven't been. In, so I haven't for, for the record for my training. I haven't. So I have not been training. Um, the same. I have been lifting weights is what I should. You haven't. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. Well, I haven't been since the accident. Yeah. Um, well, of course you got to heal your body. after yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so I haven't really been, like, pounding my body too hard. I've been just listening to it. Like I said, it's my first time in, like, six years where I've had some time off. So I've been just letting this thing. And I haven't had been in a rush to get back. Like, over the past 20 years, anytime I've been injured, I've been, like, scurrying to heal as fast as I can. Yeah, but now you're kind of like, I can actually, like, ride this out and, like, not, like, you know what I mean, push yourself. And I was lucky to not have, like, I didn't tear anything. I didn't break anything, you know. Still, I can't believe, like, God. I know. Crazy. Insane. (laughs) And I, so I'm, from a standpoint, like, other than being beat up from, uh, for wrestling for five straight years and then capping it off with, like, a massive car accident, I feel, I mean, I don't. Feel great. I feel great, you know. (laughs) And I've had, it's, like, my first time where I've had time to let my body heal. So I've just been. So certain days, the extent of my workout is walking three miles. I'll That's wa- good, though. I uh, Yeah, I'll walk three miles. And I've got a 15-pound kettlebell in my house. I'll come in here, and I'll push it and pump it and do whatever yeah. with it. Rubber band a little bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just, like, some small little movements. But, other like, I'll do yoga, and then I'll do some bodyweight workout stuff on other days. I've got a garage next to my place where people probably on my Instagram see me running and yelling crazy yeah. <laughs> into my camera. But I'll, I'll run those stairs, and then I'll do some sort of bodyweight circuit at the top of the garage. And that I'll do that for about an hour, and that'll be my workout. Yeah, that's I, good that you're at least keeping your body moving. Like, even th- and like man, most people in your situation that went through what you went through wouldn't even be doing that. Like, props to you. Yeah, I, uh, I've i been really fighting that demon of just training, training, yeah. training, that training demon that I have. Yeah. And just like, my body... Needs to heal yeah, right now. it was yeah. good to me. My body has loved, it saved my life. It saved your life, right? So I want to 
treat it well. Exactly. I kind of live a little bit. I've been eating a good amount of calories. Good. And I haven't been really sticking to anything too crazy. Like yeah. in terms of, I've still eaten well, but I had, I had cake the other day. And then I had something, you know, I had some a piece of chocolate the day before that. Shit. And I've just been <laughs> So I called the police. <laughs> He's out of control. He's out of control. Um I've been and then I had a glass of wine tonight and uh, this is to end. <laughs> this is to end right now. And I've just been it's been nice to not think about having to eat and diet and just mm-hmm. be super anal about everything all yeah. the time, which I normally am. Yeah. And for me, like when people ask, like, what's your cheat? Like, what are your cheat meals? Like, honestly, for me, cheating is like not eating. Yeah. Cheating for me is eating two meals instead of four meals. Yeah. Yeah. It's not nourishing your body enough. Yeah. And like, not like, because it's funny. Like, I find like, I find like with, especially with muscle growth and sustainability, it's funny because like, I find myself hungry leaning down and then I find people who are doing like like bodybuilding like in like the like physique and figure and bodybuilding standards they're like oh I'm just sick of fucking food like yeah. I'm sick of forcing myself to fucking eat all the time yeah so it's like it's it's interesting to hear you say that because it's like so like it's so true like it's a different mindset for like you guys trying to grow so much it's like you just need to be consistent and have so much even if you don't feel like it yeah I, for me too, I'm at at an interesting point in my training life cycle where I don't know for so long, it's been more, more, more Mm -hmm. grow, grow, grow bigger, stronger, faster. But I don't know if I want to get much bigger than I am right now. Well, I mean, you're going to be like not feeling through the door. I don't, I'm, I'm not. I'm really for like over the past, it probably happened about two years ago. Yeah. It was the first time I looked in the mirror and was like, I did it. Mm. I I achieved what I wanted. to. Yeah. Like like that little vision I had when I was a young boy of, you know, all these big, strong muscle guys, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, all these fitness model people that you see. I achieved my version of it. Mm. You know, 20 years of training, yeah. like I did it. And I probably did it before I recognized it. Yeah, it's but, just you had that, like, reflection. It's like, hey, look, Mom, I made it. Yeah, and it was like, <laughs> I don't, and I look at myself and I'm I'm satisfied yep. with the way that I look. And now it's just maintenance. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, for me now, it's a lot more, um, I like, I like, I'm a volume monster. I like a lot of volume. But I know that it comes at a cost in terms yep. of, like, uh, joints, um, ligaments, things like that, just to be smart with them, right? It's, it's, I'm just adapting my training always as I'm growing. It's never stopped over the 20 years of training. Yeah. And I imagine it will never stop going forward, but I don't really need to grow. I don't want to gain too much more weight. Yeah. I don't need to get much bigger. Yeah. I'm not trying to be Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you're happy where you are. You look good. You feel good. I'm super proud of this physique that I built. I put a shit ton of work in it and I, I, I played the long game. Yeah. I ate all my, you know, my proteins and my carbs and my fats and I got my micros in and I trained every day and I had a vision of what I wanted to look like. And I had a vision of how I wanted to be able to move my body as well. And both of those things have come, I brought them to life and I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. So I think something for people to keep in mind that are into, you know, training the body 
is to remember to be proud of what you've done or what you're doing. Yeah. And take it in while you have it. Like, it's like really like, really like be proud of yourself. Like feel that, like, you know what I mean? I feel like sometimes you get like lost in other things and you don't appreciate like all the things you get so caught up in the process that you don't appreciate the result. You know what I mean? Sometimes, yeah, it's very easy to just be bogged. Like you're, you got your blinders on. It's like more. I gotta, you know, I yeah. gotta. I could you get in a Groundhog's Day? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it becomes like, it's like brushing your teeth. You yeah. know what I mean? And you it's just like, do it, and you yeah. do it, and you do it, and you 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 get too close to things. And so it's every now and then, it's good to kind of take a step back and look at everything. And yeah. A lot of times you can't see it because like your body is your craft. For a lot of like athletes and like figure models and things like that, or even just everyday nine to fivers out there that train afterwards, like yeah. after their job and whatnot, they they forget that you're not where you started, mm-hmm. and you might not be where you want to be, but you've come quite a bit of ways. Yes. So like, I love and appreciate yourself for where you're at. Yes. Even if you're not, if you're not like me and you're not satisfied with where you're at. Yeah. Right. Uh, you be satisfied. With how far you've come. Yeah. And know that like you've put in work and that you're just going to have to put in more work to get where you're at. But like be proud of, you know, what you have at the time. Exactly. And enjoy the process. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Amen. Uh, <laughs> what? A, so we're going to switch topics again. Uh what so music? What do you have coming down the pipeline? You're creating anything? An I album? am. I am. I've been. It's been in the pipeline for quite some time, but all my stuff is coming out. I mean, I'm in the process of recording everything right now. I'm just getting my the finishing touches and everything. But I've got about, I've got about seven songs that I'm that are coming out. So I wanted to do it all at once. I didn't want to do it bit by bit. So that's why it's taking me a little bit of time. But um. Yes, it's all. Stay tuned. I'm I'm aiming for this year by the end of this year. By the end of this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it takes a long time to be happy with everything to mix and master it. But I'm like finally in a position where I'm happy with my songs where they are. Like it takes a long time. Like like, and also the thing is too. Like I've worked with a lot of. it's like some of the songs I've written I wrote like seven years ago but I haven't found the rap people that I'm like really happy to work with and progress with on that so I'm finally in a position now where I have complete control it's what I always wanted and it's taken a long time to get here but at least I'm doing it my way so yeah I want to everything's going to be out I'm hoping this year so I want to release it all at once it's going to be good Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, was there a name to the song that you played for us in the beginning of the show? That one was called Beautiful Lies. Beautiful Lies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, where can we, so where can we find you at? Well, at the moment, I'm, I'm not a big social media kind of gal. I mean, I just got Twitter, but I'm not a fan of it. It's very negative. Yeah. At Instagram's where it's at for me. I haven't got a YouTube or anything. I'm going to go straight on to releasing my music on the professional platforms, but I'm yeah. sure that other things will develop. But for now, you can... Add me on Instagram, Danielle, D-A-N-N-I underscore E-L-L-E-X-O. Everyone thinks it's Danielle X-O, but it's not. It's just an, I was young and put an X-O at the end, like yeah. a kiss and a hug, and it's very confusing. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, that's my main platform. I'm not a – I um like I said, I haven't actually released any of my stuff on anything yet. Okay. Um, this is li- – you're literally the first person that I've trusted. <laughs> oh, that means a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm but, glad that I have you. Right, so when this when it comes out properly, um, it's going to be on a, a professional platform. So 
check out your, your Spotify and you'll let jazz. It's going to be coming out the right way. Okay. <laughs> well, Danny, thank you for being on The Drop. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Anytime. You are welcome back whenever. And maybe before uh, this album releases, we have you back on the show and you maybe play us some other I'm songs. I'm going to on give there. you one more. <laughs> you want to give me another, one more? Not tonight. No. Not, okay. You just put your leg. Okay, cool, man. Uh, I appreciate you being here. And, Thanks for uh, having me. Let's get up out of here. Let's do it. All right. Later, people. <laughs> Adios. Ready for the truck?